Hello, everybody. My name is Tony Cardenas, and this is the Indy Real Estate Market Weekly Update. And today, we have a special guest on our show, Gabe Green. He is with Allstate Insurance, and we are going to be talking about people underinsured, what they need to do, and we'll let Gabe go into that with uh, Shelly that's on the show today, F.C. Tucker, Kyle Morris with F.C. Tucker, and Brenda Cook will be on second half of the show uh, when we do the stats. Uh, welcome to the show, Gabe. Thank you. Much appreciated. Yeah. Well, I'm glad Shelly wanted to get you on the show, and um, we want to talk a little bit about uh, insurance on real estate, right, Shelly? Yeah, so Gabe and I had had a conversation a couple of times where he was talking about, um, you know, we are dealing with houses and appreciating over the past couple of years and whether or not your insurance, if you've had it over the past couple of years and never really went back to look at it, are you insured properly? So Gabe, tell us what you're seeing. What I've been seeing a lot lately, uh, specifically, I had one uh, just last week where the homeowner is looking at their premiums rising right now. And it's a big concern. So the first thing I do is I encourage you to reach out to your insurance agent to do an annual review. It usually only takes about 30 minutes. But what I'm seeing is dwelling coverages, a lot, a lot of times are trying to match retail coverage. And that's what you don't want to do because retail does what? It goes up, comes down, goes up, comes down. Correct. We focus more on the overall cost per square foot to rebuild, repair, whatever the, uh, the situation might be, that specific home. And what I look at, depending on what time of ho- type of home it is, is usually between $140 to $200 per square foot. 200 being the more custom, higher value home versus um, an older home uh, today. And if you take your overall finished square footage, that doesn't include a basement, Uh, Take your finished square footage times that number that you think it's going to cost to rebuild the home. That's about what your dwelling cost should be. Now, what a lot of agents, uh, real estate agents are finding, too, is you have homes going over retail price. Well, that's where the client has to be very careful about what kind of dwelling coverage that they have, because a lot of the the lender may say, okay, they're paying seven hundred fifty thousand for the house. Right. You're saying it only needs to be insured for six hundred forty thousand. We need to discuss that gap. So, in a situation like that, we have to make sure that the lender is protected. But that's where the annual review becomes so crucial, because you want to see, okay, my my loan now I got a bonus. I've paid it down to $700,000. let us adjust that value so that it lowers your premium on the home and matches what the lender needs until you can get to the point where the, the reconstruction valuation on the home is level. Okay, but let me ask you a question. A guy has a $700,000 home here in Carmel. Okay, $500,000 home, whatever the number is. Let's, let's use seven hundred. dollars okay? Uh, he, has, he owes four hundred. dollars Okay, the value of the home is really seven fifty. The house burns down to the ground. What do we do? Are we fifty thousand dollars underinsured? Not necessarily. Well, Uh, tell me the the not necessarily part because this is the part I want to learn and understand. Sure. So if he owes four hundred thousand, but he's insured for seven hundred thousand, right? But the value of the house is seven fifty. The value versus the cost to rebuild are not the same. Of course. So the insurance company is saying it's going to be about $700,000 to build from foundation up sticks. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, if, it, if it's so, a 3,000 square foot house, even at $200 a square foot, right. 
your $600,000. So that, what you're saying is you're, you'll recoup your equity after it's all done. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I, 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 that's a perspective to look at, but I don't think a lot of people understand that piece. You but you're still take into advance. Or, sorry. No, no, you're good. Take into account that the land is part of that $750,000. Right. No, no. I, I agree with that. Okay. But 22 to 30% of the people in the United States of America are underinsured in exactly what you just said a moment ago. Okay. They don't do an annual review because their insurance, they don't contact their agent. I don't know if the con the agent should contact them, but it would seem to me if this is my asset, I want to know what the hell I should uh, be insured on my asset. So I would probably call my insurance guy and say, Hey, what do I need to do? I'm going through a lot of that right now because right. with all, all of our clients, if they renew for example, in April, we're reaching out to all of them in February and March to say, hey, it's time to do a review. Now, not everybody does reach out, but the ones that do, and I will say this, those that have been through claims, whether it's an auto claim or a home claim, sure. they love insurance. Yeah. And oh, because they, they, they have a claim. Call, they will review because they know going through a claim, uh, insurance is like, wow, okay, I just... You know, I'm dealing with one right now where a client signed up with me March of 22. Their home burnt down to the ground on July 4th of 22. Right. And, wow. you know, we're looking at over a million dollars to rebuild this home. Right. And, you know, he gets his renewal. And, of course, I mean, the renewal is going to go up a little bit. you got a claim that size. But nevertheless, if and that's going to last over a five-year period. He's going to spend in the neighborhood of $20,000 in insurance over the next five years, probably less than that, but he's going to end up with over a million and a half dollars in money. It's a solid return on investment. That is a great ROI all day. But people don't think of it like that. Yeah, so they like, don't. I, like, I've got a lot of questions about this, actually. It's okay. really interesting. So, like, my parents, <clears throat> I'm from a small town, we owned the house for, I don't even know when I was eight, so we'll call that 34 years. 30, Come on. 38, anyways, anyways, so... <laughs> you know, I'm from a small town, you know, I don't know if they're being reached out to or not. Like, I would think that they are. Well, I don't think the that matters time. whether you're in a small town no, no, or not. No, no. Well, I my think, insurance agent hasn't called me. I think it does because, you know, like in a small town, it's like, hey, I use them for insurance because, you know, like we go to church with them or we like see them at the bank or we see them at the VFW. They got a whatever. guy. They got a guy, right? <laughs> um, but, I got a guy. His name is Gabe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But my parents are like 74. You know what I mean? They're on fixed income. or You know what I mean? I don't want to say it like that, but like they know what they got coming in with Social Security, my dad's VA benefits, all these other things. You know, they don't want a reassessment because they don't want more money out of what they pay every single you know like i guarantee you they're gotcha. underinsured right now promise right. you mainly just because haven't filed a claim in 20 years or well, something right like now, that they, and we're fine and, and like it makes me nervous for them but you know i don't know but right now i think there's a lot of people as like long that. as they haven't had a claim yeah but until, until they, they have, have a claim, a claim. Right. remember insurance is large group numbers so wherever you're grouped and it's scored every carrier is different but you're you're on a score so that large group is what's paying for your claims. Yep. And in the end result. Really, yeah. So don't be concerned about getting it looked at because a, a good agent is going to look at it and they're going to say, okay, the first thing I look at is what's your square footage, your 2000 square feet. We have $400,000 in dwelling coverage, but you tell me your home is what we would call builder's grade. It's not semi-custom. It's not custom. It's just builder's grade. Right. So I'll go in and look at that, and I'll say, you know, 400000 for 2,000 square feet based on the finish that you have on your home, you're over-insured. You would never see that much money. 
Because what's the insurance company going to do? They're going to look at the builder, and they're going to say, okay, we think it's going to cost this much. Mm-hmm. The builder is always going to say what? No, it's going to cost more. Of course. It's, it's just a numbers game from that perspective. Right. It's a claim. The thing that I want people to know on a claim, too, is trust the process. It's going to be frustrating. It's going to be painstaking. But what I've really learned over the years is trust the process. The carrier really does have your best interest at heart. A lot of people think insurance is, and I use this word very loosely, but they think it's a scam. No, I don't. I, I personally don't. Uh, I, it, becoming an insurance agent, I hadn't had claims before. I've had more claims as an agent than I ever had. Not as I'm no, I've known people that had their homes burned down by. Yeah, uh, yeah. the people who think that are people who've had a frustrating experience or yes. have never had to follow a claim. Right. right. It's, I mean, it's just like it's somebody who's had a bad experience at a restaurant. Like yeah. those are the Yelp reviews, not the exactly. thousands of people who've had a good experience. Can I ask you a question in regards to, um, let's just say I come to you and I, you're, you know, you're, you're not my agent. I have an agent because I know you do reach out to me constantly to help me know where I'm at. So if I have a claim that comes up now, my house just burnt to the ground and let's just go through this process. Um, It's been a couple of years since we've talked. The market values have gone up. The building materials have gone up and I come to you and now we've, we have to look into a claim. If I'm underinsured, Tell me what that process looks like for a homeowner. I'm assuming the on a, what uh, what side we got to use a let's house. Let's just for say my house is worth three hundred thousand dollars to rebuild. The rebuild cost I'm insured for two hundred thousand. There's a hundred thousand dollar deficit now because prices of homes have gone up and building materials have gone up. What are you going to tell me? What am I looking at right now in my future? Is that forty thousand dollars if the land is worth a hundred? It, we're, we're only looking at dwelling coverage. Yeah, right. just a point. dwelling. Right. Yeah. So that, that would not include any part of the gotcha. land. Right. But if, if you're, number one, the likelihood of that happening would be very, very slim. Okay, but let's talk about if it did happen. If it did happen, it's because you're, you're on a specific type of policy where you said, I only want to be insured for. because carriers are automatically going to increase your dwelling coverage based on the algorithm of the market. So you're going to see that protection put in place. I'm dealing with that every single day and have been for the last probably 18 months. Why did my premiums go up? Because your coverage went up. So it's not, they're not asking you to pay for something more arbitrarily. They're asking, they're saying we had to increase your coverage. It costs X much more. And the nice thing about Allstate is they actually put discounts in place to help offset as much as they can. Absolutely. So So how can I, then let me ask you this, because we are, you know, asking these questions. How do I become underinsured then if there is an automatic algorithm being looked at this process? Well, because because you don't get that phone call. Because my choice? Moreover, yeah, because you don't review it. You don't take the time to open up the letter that we send you and the email that we send you and the voicemail that we left you <laughs> Right. that says, hey, That's a real need, good answer. we need to do a review. I've done it. Yeah. It, let's face it. Insurance is not a topic everybody wants to discuss on a daily basis. Right. They want to discuss it one time and never have to think about it again. Yep. Right. For, for the vast majority of reasons. And I get it because I've been on the other side of the fence. I only want to see what my premiums cost. If they're out of line, I'm getting upset at my agent. Well, it's not even the agent's fault because agents don't control the rates the carriers right. do. Right. What we control is making sure, number one, you understand what you've got. Right. Number two, do you have enough? Right. Do you have too much? Correct. And that's what we look at. Uh, I've been able to save clients. I, I saved one uh, this morning $620 because they hadn't told me they had put a new roof on the home. 
Right. When you put a new roof on the home, it's kind of like putting a new engine in a car. Absolutely. The value gets better, right? but my cost goes down because now the likelihood of that roof being damaged again isn't as good. Right. So the fact they told me that just... It's a 30-minute conversation once a year to make sure... That's a good investment. Complete. It's huge. It's a great life. investment. Huge. Well, you're not just talking about homes either. I'm sure, you know, yeah, at this point, if you have a package of your cars and every, just yeah. looking at everything. So Bund- bundling your car with with one carrier, and I'm what you call a captive carrier. I'm not a broker because right. I'm with Allstate. I do have alternative companies to use right. uh, in the event that somebody may be have too many claims. Which comes to another point, too, with your dwelling coverage and your deductibles. Talk to your agent before you ever file a claim, please. Oh, yeah. I would never file a, a Mickey Mouse claim. I mean, You'd be surprised how many people if, go If something's three or four or $5,000, I'm not doing it. Well, hey, we're running a little long on the show, but here's what I'd like to do. I would like to invite you back on the show because I think what we're going to do is we're going to reach out to some agents, not only here at FC Tucker, but uh, REMAX and some other places, Um uh, Compass, and we're going to get some questions. Okay, I've got tons of questions about this. I want to talk about investment I know, property, but, but, insurance, floodplains. You know, and I, I, like I, there's a ton that we could talk to them. About. Absolutely, but I'd like I, I thank you for coming on the show today, uh, and uh, we're going to invite you back to go over a lot more questions because uh, I think we could spend a really a whole show on this. But uh, we got a lot to go over today. And uh, Gabe with Gabe Green with uh, Allstate. If you have any questions for Gabe, uh, 765-717-2632. And he's here in Carmel, Indiana. And uh, Shelly is uh, Gabe's your insurance guy, isn't he? Yes, he is. He's actually next door to my office on Range Line Road. Yes. So I highly recommend And I've used questions. Gabe's on some transactions, and it went very, very smooth. Hey, everybody, we're going to take a quick pause right here, and we'll be right back with you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. My name is Tony Cardenas, and this is the Indy Real Estate Market Weekly Podcast. Today, we have a special guest on the show, Brenda Cook with FC Tucker here in Carmel, Indiana. Justin Griffith won't be on the show today because he did a commercial property deal last night, and he says it's going to be a lot of work to get that done. I think it's out there in Plainfield, and you know, he's actually doing some business here. We got Shelly Walters on the show with FC Tucker, and Kyle Moore's with FC Tucker. Um, Hello, everybody. What's going on in the real estate industry? Hey, Tony, we have our stats for you. Well, let's don't go over stats yet. Let's talk about mortgage rates. We're getting a little bit of climb on the market. We got a little bit of uh, some improvements yesterday, but rates are heading anywhere from 6.75 to 7.125 on the 30-year fix to 15 years is uh, 6.375 to 6.875, depending on your credit score. Now, remember, these are U.S. rates, and the 30-year jumbo, uh, you have some good opportunities, but they are in the lower sixes right now. And the, the five one arms and the seven one arms and the ten one arms don't waste your time and money because you're not going to save anything there. Uh, the VAs are uh, if you squeeze a, a good VA, you might be able to get it right at five point nine nine percent. Obviously, rates change daily, and uh, the market is in the middle of the day right now. So markets have, uh, or the rates have been crazy here the past two weeks. I mean, they went up like eighty basis points one day, and then they went down. With, and you got well, the Silicon Valley Bank. Like it's just been all over the place. I mean, yeah, that's but that doesn't have anything to do with the it, rates it of Silicon Valley Bank. But the average consumer, I would say, just sees all this stuff, and they and, and like that's why we want people to listen to like kind of separate these things because when you read the news. You just read like the banks are doing this or or, or, yeah. or whatever. You're starting and, to get a little fear. Yeah, exactly. Don't exactly. be uh, right because that's not going to really bother your real estate 
transaction, going out, buying a home, looking, because you're going to pay a higher rate today in the market. Okay, look, 24 months from now, 30 months from now, you're going to be able to, one way or another, it'll be phase one for refinancing. And then a couple of years later, if you were smart, you would maybe refinance, go to another 30, save a little bit of money. And then when they re, they do a, a good drop, you might take that 30 to a 20, 100%. maybe not a 15, yep. but that way you're going to build a lot more equity. But you got to talk to a loan officer to get that information, to kind of dissect all that information. Right. Simple Mortgage 123 is one of the biggest ones out there. And we'll get the number at the end of the show. Shelly. Tell me what's going on in the uh, real estate market of what you've seen in the last week. Well, we're I short think, on inventory. Yes, we're heating up. Days on market are going way down. And um, something that we uh, talked about a little bit we'd like to talk about more is uh, making sure agents do understand the way this market has changed. Um, and um, I'll give you the stats here, and it kind of gives an idea. Because we're doing our seven-day stats constantly. And then we're um, looking at the last 30 days. And this what shows between the seven days and the past 30 days is where these uh, – Median days on market are really coming down. So, yeah, but, wait, but before we go through the stats, tell me what you're hearing from clients calling in. Like, I want to buy a home. I'm thinking about selling my home. I want to hear what you and Brenda have to say. And you're squinting at me right there. Are you not liking what they're saying? Well, I'm like, it's just the same thing every week. It's the same old thing. And um, I, the, well, what what is the same old thing? Well, the sellers are wanting to know if they really should be selling right now, and the buyers are wanting to know if they really should be buying right now. It's just the same old conversation we're having, and the answer is yes, yes. Yeah, but, but you know, if I were selling my home right now, and um, and I was going to get a premium dollar out of my home here, I'm just going to talk about Carmel, Indiana right now, okay? I'm not so sure I'd buy one right now. This is just me. I'm older, thinking about possibly one of these days living in Florida, maybe having a home here too. But the bottom line is, you know, I may go rent an apartment for one year and maybe get with one of you guys and say, look, I want to build something. It's going to take 12 months to build. I don't have to blow all my equity on something I have to give a premium dollar for. I might move over to the builder section and say, hey, look, I'm going to get myself uh, a decent deal on a, a new home build because there are deals out there right now. These guys are squirming in their pants a little bit. They don't know what they're doing. Uh, they know what they're doing. Excuse me. They they got inventory sitting. They got a lot of sticks out there and they got to turn their inventory and they're looking to give deals. Maybe I could, for the amount of money I'm going to spend on rent for a year. So let's just say I'm going to live in a, a decent place for 30,000, 35,000 a year. I might be able to, to get a discount on a house like that. So I'm getting a free year of living. I know that's kind of weird to look, but that's the way I look at it. What do you think, Brenda? I think that my sellers that I've been working with, they are afraid to sell because they don't have that plan B, where am I going to? And they're right. afraid that the, the house they want will have 25 offers on it. And Right. But the thing is, they could sell out. the home. You and could, rent. They and could I've rent, had, and then you could go with them to yeah, ABC exactly. Builder, do the building contract. What's so funny? Here's, here's, here's the I can see him. He's just like... I know your yeah. gears are turning, but it's yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. I'm like biting my tongue here. Why? So that, let's just go off the scenario that you just laid out. You're still buying now. Is what I mean. I get what you're saying, based on what you said. I'm just yeah. going off. Your, I'm off going to your. buy something on a on a new home at a better deal. But you're still putting the money down now to get into a purchase agreement. So, so I'm putting it, a little no, money down. No, no. Who cares? So here's the thing. So uh, all I'm saying is, it, like, you got to walk through this stuff, right? Because you're still technically buying now yeah. for the record. You're just closing later. And but, what you think you're getting on the deal, you're getting hit on the rate versus if you were to build it. But wait a minute, I, I, I might year, not have right? to close uh, for a year on the rate. What are you talking about? No, I agree with that, but you're still putting money down now. So what? Right? You got to put money down anyway. No, I, I, I'm, agree, buying four, but, I'm buying a $500,000 home and I got to put a hundred grand down. Big deal. I'm just going off the scenario that you I know, gave but me it's that what, it's a delayed thing. And what I'm actually it, telling you is it's not a delayed thing. That's an immediate pivot into a purchase. 
Yeah, but I might be buying my purchase at a $50,000 or a $30,000 better value. Why, uh, let's which, say... Which, hold on. I, I might be blowing $30,000 on rent. Which Who becomes cares? a wash because of the rent. So no, I, wanna, I, wanna... I don't know where you're going with this. Hold on so, for just a minute. So, so you saved like $30,000 on your on, on the deal with the builder. Right. But, but I got... You, I, but but I you got just a, spent $30,000 in rent. It's a wash. That's an right. even trade. But maybe I made another $200,000 on my home I didn't think I was going to get next year or the year after. Which I, I can... Come on. I can agree with that. But I would also say, like, you can't say that you won't get it in two years either when we're talking about hypotheticals like that. I'm talking about the people that want to do something now. I know, but you're I'm not talking about both. two years from now because I'm not waiting two years. Right, right. So with your scenario, okay, it's close to a wash. I disagree. Well, we get into the renting part of it. So yeah. I have a so the renting I, part is the piece that adds to it. That's yeah, why right. I get yeah. what what yeah. you're saying, so but maybe saying I'm getting a premium rent. dollar more to blow on rent. I, I, I if I went out and bought a home with Brenda mm -hmm. right now for five hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. Okay, and Brenda got me $30,000 off on the house. I want you to understand this. Let me finish. With a new construction, correct? New construction. Yeah. Maybe I wouldn't get a year, a year and a half from now, interest rates going down. Now, hold on for a minute, and that house might even went up in price. I go rent a home for $30,000, and I don't have to worry about buying another house where I got to give my premium dollar to? There's no way. I'm in, in my eyes, you go ahead and laugh. In my eyes, I'm coming out ahead because in most cases, I'm probably going to get a better interest rate that's going to make up for part of it, too. A little bit, a little bit. A little in bit. In a year? Yeah, a little bit. A interest, better interest rate in a year, is that what you're saying? Maybe a year, year and a half. I think. Because you're waiting for that house to build? You're of not course. Gonna, you're not going to lock in until 30 days out? Yeah, no. But unless it's a custom home, it's only going to be about nine yeah. months. Yeah, and if I do go get a, a, a construction perm loan, I'm going to be paying interest only, and I'll flip that loan like some smart people do. I'll redo that loan in nine months and say, let's rewrite it. They say, oh, we don't do that. Fine, I'll leave the bank and go to another bank and do it because I'll do it all day long. No, I know. It's just insanely specific scenario, and I would say like to extrapolate that out into like an average consumer. Extrapolate. You like that? Um, it's pretty close to a wash. Yours is just a little bit, because every time I tell you it's a wash, you just add one other thing to make it less of a wash. I'm going to tell you something. I'm a, I'm a, we're going to talk about this yeah, next yeah. week. I'm going to write good, it out. But like so the yeah, examples so, is what's okay. good. Right. Let's go. What, Ten minutes ago, the question was, <laughs> what are the buyers and sellers asking? So I would say that most buyers, I'm not even going to go into that because that okay, was so fine. over the top. Um, I would say that. <laughs> but you my, loved it because you were going back and forth like we were on a basketball court. It. Well. Yeah, it was a tie game, I think. So anyway, why, my buyers, I'm just telling them that it is if if you need to sell or buy, there is not a bad time to be doing that. If sure. you need to, right? This market is always going to be changing, and things are going to be happening. So you just have to pivot with the market. I love that word. That's Kyle's word. Or um, just pay attention to what's going on. So we're getting back to the buyers who are looking to buy right now. Their agents need to understand what's happening in this market. In the past seven days, the past 14 days, this market has sped way up and we are back to multiple offers and we're back to selling on the weekend and we're back to, you need to talk to the list agent ASAP. If you have a buyer, I know Kyle was talking about this, so I'll pass it over to you. But in that situation, when you have a listing, your yeah, frustration so this I, weekend. So I, we listed a house and, um, it, it, you know, I always tell people we list on Thursdays. We had a hiccup with uh, with photos. We ended up listing on a Friday. We had a ton of showings on it. Nobody gave feedback. Absolutely zero feedback, except for one person who called me. It was like, hey, we're interested. We're going to send you an offer. They gave me a tight timeline, not an unreasonable timeline. We were, I think we we're probably about a 12-hour timeline on a turnaround with an open house the next day. 
which was a, in my opinion, so it goes back to last week where we said there's an art to writing an offer. So they how much gave, was the price? It was over list. Okay. Oh, what was the list? Yeah, uh, it was two ninety. Okay, right, two ninety ranch. Okay, and we got over list, and in a short amount of time, and she wrote uh, the other agent wrote a very good offer, and I actually let her know that she wrote a. She gave me time, but still a tight window to not leave me to do this, and so I reached out to my person who's out of state. All these things and. You know, we end up going with this offer, and then the next day I have all these people who are reaching out to me and saying, hey, I think we're going to write an offer. And if just one person leaves feedback, it's a totally different scenario. But nobody left feedback. Why, can, why do you think they didn't? It's been created over the past two years out of sheer laziness because usually the house is sold before you could leave feedback. But right. we always left feedback. What do you think, Brenda? Kyle and I talked about this earlier. Yeah. I mean, if, if one of those other agents, one, had said, just a text. A little, you know, just something. a quick text, three words. Thinking about Buyer's it. Buyer's interested. Okay. Then that totally changes how he presents that one offer he got to his sellers. Mm -hmm. And his sellers now have, oh, well, we're not going to take this out of desperation. Gotcha. We're going to now wait and see what we've got and and actually see the whole picture. And the other sellers or other buyers have an option or Opportunity. opportunity thank you to um to actually get into the house and then it goes into like hey you know we we're talking about like do like hey offers by monday and all that stuff which will for sure be happening here in about a, a month right we're already doing we're, it yeah, See, now well but the, the other problem you have is like we also listed a house like a week and a half ago where we did this scenario and we didn't pursue the offer and then it's crickets well and, right? and that's and okay so that's it, okay but right. at least you prepare my whole thing about that is making sure that the buyers have the opportunity to get in and see the house in the next correct, three days correct, correct. so if all of buyers got into the house in the next three days and nobody wants to make an offer that's okay yep. if we also have the rules that on monday we want all the offers now all those people know that the offers can be by Presented. monday yep. if nobody's interested in the property by monday then we just move forward yep. but it, it just presents that opportunity for all the buyers to get in there but if you know the, hearing you say that and i haven't had that happen but hearing you say that if i'm a buyer and I've told my agent I'm interested in that property, yeah. and I've gone through the process of getting off work or getting babysitter or whatever, and we have driven over and saw that house or however many houses, and I've told you I'm interested, and you didn't do the process that you should have done to make sure that I could make my offer, yeah. that's ridiculous. So what I'm saying to you is I'm interested. You as a buyer's agent have a fiduciary responsibility to your buyer to get in there and tell that listing agent we're interested and uh, please let me know if you have any offers coming in i need to talk with my buyer about a few more things but many, that's your fiduciary responsibility think, how many times have you gotten a, where you do that and i'll get a phone call back and be like hey we got an offer you know are you guys still interested and i'm just like no we found a different house that's it not a big deal but i got the phone call back to for us to potentially be in the ball game and be competitive and all this stuff and it to me i was just more frustrated in the sense of Somebody didn't get their buyer house because literally they just didn't reach out. Yeah, and you gotcha. said more than one. Yeah, more than one. More than one. Wow. And, and then it's just like, uh, and I'm not telling you that they could have got it or couldn't have got it. It doesn't really matter. It, it's more about like, they I had a possibility. Wanna, they had no possibility yeah, I just by no be in the game. Well, you're exactly right there, Shelly. No do you communication, think? no possibility. What do you think, Brenda? I 100% agree. I, I was sorry. I was talking to uh, Kyle earlier about this, and the the sellers don't know. Because no one's told us. Our right. Seller's yeah. agent. Right. Buyer's agents have to be on top of it from the get-go. You can be in the driveway and send a text message to the agent. Sure. Look at the sign. Get his number. Text right. it. Say, hey, we're interested. Right. Let Ar us know if you get another offer. The argument I always hear is like, well, I'm not doing my fiduciary responsibility for my buyer as far as like tipping their hat. I'm like, 
I, I mean, no, that's just not accurate. In this market, when the house is going to sell potentially within the first six hours, um, I mean, I make a phone call before I even go see it. Do yeah. you already what are have you looking offers? For? Do you have offers? Is yeah. there something the seller wants to yeah. see in the offer? We what need to we know. To make so ours the best? just yesterday, I went and showed a house to um, one of my clients, and we were looking at it. I called. We had an appointment at 630. I called them at 4 and asked them if they had, just hit the market yesterday, if they had any offers. They said no. By the time I turned around at 7 o'clock afterwards and texted them and said we were interested, they had five offers, three of them were cash. This is in an HOA where they allow rentals. Now, I've just had to have a conversation with her. Okay, here's the scenario of where you are and your price point. Those major corporations that are out there buying these houses up with cash are always going to win. Mm -hmm. So in, in three hours, they had five offers, all sight unseen. I, so that is an is that is where we are in this market at, I, at certain price points in certain neighborhoods. The one we talked about, like that, I had uh, on the market for a little bit, um, and then it got competitive on like day fifty with multiple offers or something like that, right? I mean, even on that one with competitive offers, you know, it's like won't ask for anything under five ten thousand dollars in inspection, right? Right? Like I'm like, whoa, it, you know what I mean? So like, you got to be competitive and put your best foot forward. Like this whole idea of like, let's see what we can get. That's gone. Yeah. That is absolutely gone if you're a buyer right now. Like, just put your best foot forward to see what you can happen. And then you find out if it's the time for you or if it's not the time for you. Right. Right. And and that gets back to, we are back to, I mean, the market was only quiet and different for like the past three to four months because it was dead winter and the, and the interest rates were escalating and everybody was kind of sitting back and waiting. But it is March in Indiana and we are heating up because of that cyclically. And also um, inventory is extremely low. Extremely. Okay. Yeah. Well, now uh, let's uh, jump into the stats a little bit. Uh, let's start off with Carmel, then we're going to move to uh, your side of the fence in Hamilton County, and then we'll go over to Brenda for uh, Marion County. What do you got in Carmel? Okay, so in Carmel, only 18 houses hit the market in the past seven days. Ooh. Yeah, that was That's pretty bad. low. Yeah. Ten of those pended, seven were new builds. And um, their average um, days on market for the pendings, this is where I'm going to start talking about how we're seeing this um, market speed up. The average days on market for pendings was 33. The median was four. So that median is where we're looking at the most, um, what we're really seeing. So the average days on market and pen, or median, I'm looking at the median, four days on market in this past seven days. Wow. If we look over at the last 30 days, 92 homes sold. 12 were new builds. So also looking at that is 92 homes sold in the past 30 days, 18 hit the market. We are going to go into a negative if we don't start getting more houses on the market. So now, um, explain something to the people that are listening and also to, to brand new agents define negative. Well, I'm just going to do 18 times four. So what's less than zero is a uh, negative. Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't help myself. 18 times four. <laughs> So if we do 18 times four, if we look at the average days on market in the past four days, in four weeks, that 30 days, that's 72, 92 sold. Yep. So there's not enough hitting the market for the amount of absorption we are seeing. So currently there are 63 houses on okay. the market in Carmel that are active. 31 of those are new builds. So only 32 are resale. Gotcha. So really, there's only certain buyers who will do a new build. Right. So 32 resale available in Carmel. So if we look at the last 30 days on market, the average was 44. Like I said, the average for seven days in South was 33. So that's kind of even, Stephen. Gotcha. In the last 30 days, the median days on market was 22. The last seven days, it's four. That just shows you the huge speed up in the past three weeks from 22 days on the market to four. 
So that's where we're talking about. If you're thinking about making an, an offer, the, the house is not going to be there in a couple of days if you want to sit back and wait and see what happens. Okay. let's. So uh, Westfield, 40 houses hit the market. 22 of those sold. Wow, that's a good number. Yeah. So um, the average days on market in Westfield was 38 for the past seven days. Median was eight. Now, in Westfield, what's really interested, interesting is the past 30 days and the past seven days is the same. So Westfield's staying, but that also shows that the median days on market for the past seven days, Westfield in the past 30 days has already been fast. Mm -hmm. So um, the 132 are currently active, 86 are new builds, so only 46 are resale. So if we're looking again at how many sold in the past 30 days, 113, 40 hit the market. So we're looking at low inventory there. Okay. Zionsville is always the same. Nine hit the market. Six of those sold. One was a new build. Their average days on market the past seven days was 72. The median is six. Them uh, as well, the average days on market. What's interesting here is over the past 30 days, the average mar day on market was 26. And by looking at this number, the average days in the past seven days was 72. A bunch of houses that have been sitting finally sold, mm -hmm. and wow. that's where we're looking at the. Um, so Zionsville just sucked up a bunch of old listings, so that means it's really starting to clear the inventory there. Gotcha. Okay, there, Shelly. Uh, thank you very much. Let's move over to Kyle. Let's talk about Noblesville. Let's do that. So actually, so as she was talking about Noblesville and Fishers, at a negative net. On, on both of ours for inventory, right? Uh, and average days on market has now started to go down on both of them. I know Noblesville is off uh, because of, like, we had a couple of older ones, like she was saying. But right. uh, in Noblesville, I had 27 go on the market, anywhere from 239 to 854. Um, 13 of them are still active, 14 pended, 37 pended last week. So 27 went on the market, 37 pended, negative a net of 10, I've right? Got, yeah. Average days on market is... Uh, 31, there's 77 active. Um, and then in Fishers, I had 32 go on the market, anywhere from 240 to 2.4 million. 10 of them are still active, 22 pended. That went on the market last week, 38 pended. So I've got like a negative six, right, for inventory there. And we're at 24 days on market and 67 active. And so, you know, I've got, uh, you know, we've got some people watching in here today who are from Nashville, Tennessee, my buddies. Right. Um, and I was talking to them about, you know, the numbers and the numbers we are at right now for, uh, inventory are very similar to where we were, I would say, May of last year, right? And it's like, I just don't see, like what we've been saying, like, I don't see enough being able to come on the market to, e even if it gets a little bit better, it's still going to be this kind so of So this pulse. is going to get into a market where you're going to get a demand on price. Again. Um, yes. Like you guys have always, uh, you know, mentioned to me for mm -hmm. the last few months when I thought there's no way we're going to do that. And you're, you're right on target with it because of... Uh, the the perfect house or a really good house is going to go over uh price we we're both right it's an interesting thing so we were saying that and you were talking about rates and, and the rates did go up and this still happens so like we we're both right, right. and the rates are going to continue to go up right 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 it's just it, and the inventory is going to continue to stay low it's just it's just this bottleneck so. right so uh all right let's move over to brenda cook fc tucker carmel indiana brenda Give us a rundown. What do you got right there? I've got Broad Ripple. Okay, let's hear it. How many Broad homes? Broad Ripple, five new this week, four pended. Oh, 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 how much inventory left? Well, there's 12 total listings on the market from, um, I guess, the last 30 days. Sure. And six pended. Uh, one closed way over uh, 465, uh, at, at 465,000. Right. And days on markets average is 41 
right? Median is five. Okay. So, we're so the inventory is moving. Moving a lot's moving yeah, down there. Quick. Um, Rudy and Kessler, eight new listings the last week, 19 total listings pended. Wow. Oh, my God. So, okay. um, negative on, again. Yeah. Big time. Days on market average 23, median is six. Gotcha. I've got some other in here. Yep. Let's, let's hear. Uh, Fountain Square, eight new listings, um, six pended. Yeah, Fountain Square. Yeah. Days on market 46, median is 36. It's still, it's still a little high right. inventory. They had a bunch sitting, though, for a but little they, while because they, did. Of, exactly. they were like rehabs. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And that's the, the slow of the rehab. Mm-hmm. What um, else you got? Bates. Hendricks, one new listing, and it pended. Uh, 14 total are on the market right now. Yeah. Uh, five are pending at this time, and two closings. Um, the average is uh, 259. Yeah, down at Bates Hendricks. Yeah. Right. Days on market, 76. Median. Median was cut off, so. Okay. <laughs> it's lower than 76. It's lower yeah. than 76. It's lower than 76. Okay. Um, yes, it's cut so, off. So, uh, Brenda. Yes, sir. You know, we are really getting into a tight market with inventory. What are you telling your clients right now? Well, I've got sellers waiting, and they're waiting for various reasons. They're wanting to find their perfect house. Right. And we're going to do the leapfrog. Right. You know, buy the house, then put theirs on the market. And I'm just being calm about it and saying, yep, yeah, the rates are high right now, but buy the house. You've, you're buying the house for a third Buy the house and date, and date the rate. Yeah. Right. Marry the house. Uh, marry the Marry house, the house and date, date the, the rate. Right. Um, but- I'm just telling them to keep calm, find what they want. We'll deal with the listing. We'll list their house as soon as they find what they want and move on. Well, we we had that conversation is yeah. with them is if we're looking at if you, wherever their neighborhood is, yes. we look at the median days on market for that neighborhood. They're not going to have to sit for very long. If they get the house ready properly, then we are going to be able to sell that house within a timeline that they can probably buy and close on both houses at the same time. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Shelly, if you got uh, a buyer that's uh, wanting to buy or a seller that's getting ready to list, what are you telling them? Same thing Brenda is? Or? Yes, it's just a conversation to have is just using the market data and telling them exactly what's going on on both sides, if it's a buyer or a seller, because just kind of winging it and not really paying attention yeah, to Winging it doesn't do anything for anybody in this market. No, you need to know the market data real, And that's why we get, come into this looking at the past seven days to watch it switch as fast as it's switching. Exactly. What do you got to say there, Kyle? Uh, my biggest thing I always talk about people is timelines and what are our timelines and what is manufacturing our timelines because I can get anything done if I have the right timeline. It's What happens is I, I get notified late in the process and sure. so the timeline is sped up, which means then you don't get everything. Like, you know, we have to change our expectations of what or what we want to happen. Um, I just like being brought in the process as early as possible so we can figure out the timelines because if you give me a good enough timeline, I can make anything happen for you. The problem is if somebody wants to do something in 30 days, we can do that. You know, you're just not going to get everything you want. Um, you know, I'm going to get you the price on your house, but, you know, you're going to be in a window. You know, there's you only have the inventory that's on the market to choose from during that 30-day period. Um, so that that's okay. the thing I would say is, like, if you're thinking about it, like, just call uh, one of us and, and try to – get a better timeline and figure out what we're doing and why what's creating the timeline. And that does have to do with uh, setting up, like you said, for buyers, we do set up, um, I'd like to set up that search as soon as possible because I yeah. want them to be watching that inventory and seeing what prices are and seeing how fast they go off the market. Cause nothing wrong with doing education as a buyer for three to four months before you're ready to hit the ground running. Absolutely. All right, you guys, strong buyers consultation will help. Right. Mm-hmm. So okay. okay. Kyle, if somebody want to get a hold of you, how would they do it? Uh, it's Morris Property Group with FC Tucker, 317-649-5122. 
And who's your boss? Um, I don't know what to say today. Your wife? No, nah, my daughter. Okay, there you go. <laughs> Shelly, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, how would they reach out and uh, contact you to ask you about a price of a house or listing a home? You can reach me on my cell phone anytime, 317-201-2601 at Shelly Walters Realty Group with FC Talk. Okay, and Brenda, how would they get a hold of you? Your name, telephone number? Absolutely. They can get a hold of me at 317-945-7463, and it's Brenda Cook with Cook Realty Team. And what company do you At FC Tucker. At FC Tucker. Okay, everybody, thank you for listening this week, and we will talk to you next week.